The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What's up, everybody? This is Sam Jesse, and I'm here with Behind Enemy Lines Bowl Season Edition with our friends from the Uptown Update covering everything Tulane football. We got Jack, Reed, and Isaac checking in. Guys, how are you doing? Happy holidays and happy bowl season. What's up, Sam? It's always good to talk about some bonus football, right? Um, Yeah, can't wait for the military bowl. A lot going on with Tulane right now, but um, the, the bowl game will be nice. It'll, it'll feel more normal. Yeah, to say that you guys have been busy over the last few days would be an understatement. Tulane is in the middle of a coaching transition. John Summerall coming over from Troy as the new head coach. Uh, it is a crazy time in college football this month of December. You got transfers, coaching changes, a lot going on. And somehow, someway, Tulane has to get ready to play a football game. We'll get into all of that. Uh, these guys are, are Tulane grads and students, so locals to it. Let's get into it. What is your connection to Tulane University and the football program? So Jack and I both graduated from Tulane in 2020. We actually got randomly matched up as roommates or sweet mates our uh, sophomore year. And uh, during COVID in 2020, we first started our Tulane, fo- uh, Tulane podcast. Since then, it's just continued growing. We've been lucky to get some media credentials to some games like the Cotton Bowl last year. And uh, we just love everything Tulane. Yeah, it started kind of as just like a way to like keep in touch with each other. And then um, like we would talk about Tulane football anyway, you know, so I thought may as well record it. And yeah, it's been a been a cool way to stay involved with the school. You know, Tulane is a like smaller private school you know, not necessarily not a power five SEC type school, but it is in a football hub. There is a a steep football tradition. What is the level of fandom for Tulane football? And has it definitely increased over the past two years, two, three years? Absolutely, Sam. I mean, the culture around the program and around the school now is so incredibly different than even, you know, three, four years ago when, when we were there. Um, I would I joke that like I was like an ESPN like personality because like Reed and I and our friends would be like the only ones at the football game. So whenever they show the student section, it would just be us, you know, like waving our hands right in front of the camera. Whereas nowadays you have to like apply for tickets the week of the game sell out, like people are talking about it around New Orleans and people are wearing Tulane gear all over. Um, I was listening before the uh, the season started too. I think it was a UTSA podcast, but um, there was this guy who was talking about how all of a sudden his father-in-law just randomly started wearing like a Tulane hat after the Cotton Bowl. And he had no idea that he had gone to Tulane. He was like an A&M fan or something like that. Then all of a sudden, you know, all these, all these Tulane fans are coming out of the woodworks after a little bit of success. So it's cool to see. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I talked to um, my friend AJ Black with Boston College, and he talked about how one of the issues that Boston College has is you are a small private school in a big sports town. Obviously, Boston, one of the biggest sports town, New Orleans. Uh, you have the Pelicans, you have the Saints. Does Tul- How does Tulane fit into that sports culture in New Orleans? Yeah, it's a it's a really tough role to fill. Tulane has always advertised itself as the college football team of New Orleans. But to be honest, there's a lot more LSU fans in New Orleans than Tulane fans. I'd say that's who we uh, we beef with the most in the city. Obviously, the Saints come first in New Orleans. Um, but with our recent success, you know, we've made a huge push to get more locals to the games instead of only students. And I think it's gone really well for the team, just considering all the momentum we've had and hopefully carrying it into the bowl game in next year. Definitely a program that has a lot of momentum, even with the coaching change. I messaged you guys, Summerall was a home run hire. Um, I think one of the best hires that's been made so far. Uh, He did a great job at Troy. He's going to do a good job at Tulane. We'll get into a little bit more of that down the line as we talk some ball. But let's talk some fun stuff. When I think New Orleans, I think of food. It is one of the food capitals of the United States. It's one of the party capitals of the United States. What are some of y'all's favorite spots around Tulane University? And then we can even go a little bit more downtown to Bourbon Street. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, they like they said like when you get to Tulane, it's not like the freshman 15. It's the Tulane ton because like the food is so good. You could like eat amazing food basically anywhere on any street in any neighborhood. Um but I, I would have to go with uh, Superior Seafood. It's kind of a two-lane. It's not only a two-lane spot. But a lot of students go there for happy hour. They've got good deals on char-grilled oysters and, and frozen drinks and stuff. We we did uh, quite some damage there before the uh, Ole Miss game this year when we both went down for the game. What about you, Reed? Where do you like to go? Yeah, um, I guess talking about Cajun food, Jacquemo is one of my favorite places on Oak place Street. Uh, it's kind of dingy and dark, but I like their food a lot. For uh, Po Boys Parkway Tavern, or uh, what's it called? Parkway Tavern, right? Uh, yeah, that place so. is delicious. And then there's all kinds of cuisine, L- lots of good Vietnamese food. I like Rum House, that's a really good uh, taco place. So, pretty much whatever you want, you can get. Yeah, honestly, like I feel like we could do a whole like New Orleans advertisement here. This is a whole separate podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I think that's like. It's kind of funny. You're talking about, like, yeah, they have really good charbroiled oysters and, and shrimp po' boys and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, places around tech have like good burgers and tater tots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like there, there's some good country cooking down in Blacksburg, but there's nothing, nothing like New Orleans for sure. When I also think, too, so a couple years ago, I put out a series of articles in the offseason on sunsaturday.com that was ranking the uniforms for all. 100, I think at the time it was 131 FBS college football teams. Tulane was number one in uniform sets. And it was the most obvious number one choice. I think it is the best color combo logo uniforms in college football. Um, it's second only to Tulane's baseball uniform. <laughs> what is your favorite uniform combination for <laughs> Tulane football? And then is it a sense of pride how good Tulane looks on the field? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, look good, feel good, play good, right? Um, I don't know. I think my favorite uniform combos are are like kind of sentimental now. Like the all all powder blues against UCF in the AAC championship game. Like like whenever they wear that combo, I just like think of winning that game and how awesome it was. Um, so that's probably mine. What about yours, Reed? 
Uh, I have to agree. The all powder blue also. Uh, I think in that Houston game too. Uh, yeah. I think we're wearing all powder blue in that. But what I really like what our equipment program does too is incorporate some of the old logos. Like uh, there was one with you know the Pelicans surfing the wave. There was one with our old 1940s greenie. So it's always cool when they break those out, even if we're not having as much success using those ones. Yeah, and the angry wave like is a retro logo. We used to have like the T with the like like hair wave thing on top. Uh, mm -hmm. But then they brought back the angry wave, which was retro. And now it's like, everyone loves it. You know? Yeah. The, the angry wave and the Pelican are yeah. definitely better than the, the T with the floof, yeah. uh, the hair, yeah. the hair cloth on there. Yeah. Uh, I got to say I'm partial to the green jerseys and powder blue pants. I think that's phenomenal. We'll add our guy, Isaac back to the fold here. What's up, Isaac. Welcome back. Isaac, what's your favorite two lane uniform combination? Hey, Jesse, sorry about the technical issues. <laughs> really hard to choose because I feel like maybe we have three, four, five best combinations in all of college football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I was, I was just saying it's the best and it's not close. I appreciate that. Even our black jerseys on Black Friday are pretty good. Oh, I'd say probably the green jerseys. I'm with you on that. And then I'd go with the white helmet and blue pants. Pretty similar. Yeah. Jack, you said like, oh, I like these because they're kind of sentimental, the all powder blues. Tech fans feel the same way about all maroon. Yeah. So Tech used to wear literally just maroon jerseys with orange numbers on the sleeve and the white number there and then all maroon pants. And that was like the Michael Vick, Brian Randall era. And then they went to like a little teeny stripe right here and stuff like that. And people were like, that's what we need. Just all maroon, no stripes, no nothing. And, you know, Michael Vick and Cam Chancellor and those guys yeah. are walking through the door no matter what the players wear. But yeah, those are, are very sentimental. Uh, funny how college football fans are like that. Sorry if you can hear my dog freaking out upstairs. Uh, I promise he's fine. He's spoiled. <laughs> yeah, he's excited about Tulane's uniforms too, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. Uh, Tulane is a, it's an older school there's a lot of alum. It's kind of an alum centric school. Like I don't think many people are like bandwagon too late. What are some of your favorite traditions and, and things around the program that, that you hold dear that some people outside of the program might not know about? Yeah. The, the first one that comes to mind is the hullabaloo chant. It's a bunch of nonsense. It doesn't make any sense, but after every touchdown and I think every field goal, we do a hullabaloo chant. Um, that's gotta be my favorite during the game, I guess before the game maybe that a uh, little blue beetle or the blue volkswagen that uh, just drives right down the middle of campus to the to the stadium it's pretty cool yeah i have to say like our our football traditions are like kind of forming now like obviously we've been around forever we've been playing football since like the 1800s but like it's really only getting exciting and like tradition making recently i would say um but in, in general, like Tulane's got a ton of a ton of cool traditions. Obviously, there's like Mardi Gras in New Orleans and all the students do like something called like Tequila Sunrise, where you stay up all night the Monday night before Mardi Gras and then watch the sunrise and like drink a tequila sunrise. So there's like a bunch of stuff like that. It's it's cool going to school in a big and I guess New Orleans isn't huge, but it, it is a city where uh, there's just like lots of like festivals and celebrations and crazy events to go to and yeah a lot of fun traditions around that what about you isaac what do you what do you like to do like right now yeah i'd say a lot are forming fritz and michael pratt talked a lot 
lot during student orientation. Really just our chance and everything, even though we were once in the SEC as a founding member. I'm a big hullabaloo cheer guy as well. Yeah, it's it's funny how some of those traditions kind of form. I remember talking to um, ODU for the first game, and they're a really young program, like not even two decades old. And they're like, yeah, we don't really have traditions yet. We're, we're working that out right now. So it's funny how different programs are at different levels of, you know, their support and their fandom. I think that's that's interesting. Not a lot of people think about that. Now, Tulane also, again, uh, founding member of the SEC, now in the AAC, the number one story around college football this year, outside of Connor Stallions, has been this restructuring of the sport, kind of, right? Getting rid of the Pac-12, consolidating the SEC Big Ten. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety around that from a lot of different fan bases. How do you feel about Tulane's future in college football, not only in the ACC, AAC, excuse me, but in the new 12-team playoff? Yeah, great question, Sam. I mean, um, I think Tulane's definitely got a place in the future of college football. I think uh, there's definitely a spot for, uh, on it, like to put it bluntly, like well-funded school in the middle of the South, you know, founding member of the SEC, and that's playing really good ball right now. A lot of momentum going on in the program. Um, so I think um, the athletic director just said in an interview yesterday, he's very happy with the American Conference, the AAC, and, and it's been very good to Tulane, and I think, it will be good in the immediate future to Tulane. I think um, they've got a very winnable schedule um, in the next coming years with an expanded playoff. You know, you run the table in conference. All you need to do is upset one or two teams out of conference, and then you're being talked about for the playoffs. So, I mean, I think that's advantageous um, in the immediate future. But obviously, um, I think if you kind of read the tea leaves, right, college football is kind of heading towards like one or two mega conferences that – then have like a Super Bowl-esque type game. I think that's what's going to happen. So you want to get a seat at the table. Um, I don't like SMU very much, but I, I credit them for kind of throwing the kitchen sink at the wall and and trying to get a seat at the table. So yeah, I, yeah, that's my that's my thoughts on it. Well, I'm actually I actually feel differently than most Tulane fans. Most Tulane fans are really wanting Tulane to realign into the new P4 probably the ACC at this point, unless there was an opening in one of the other conferences. Um, I, I actually agree with our AD, David Harris. At the current moment, I think Tulane is in a good conference and somewhere that puts them in a very good position to put to make the college football playoff. In the new 12-team format starting next year, there's one spot for the group of five. Last, If it was last year, that would have been Tulane playing in the Cotton Bowl. If it was this year and – they didn't have the whole headache with Willie Fritz leaving. They could have easily beat SMU and, again, been in that playoff format. And then next year, I don't really see why they shouldn't be the favorites, even though we don't even know who's going to play quarterback for them. SMU is gone. The year before, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati left. Tulane doesn't play UTSA in the regular season next year. Most likely they'll have another chance to play UTSA in the conference championship game. They beat them pretty handedly at home, only letting up like 12 points this season. And the only tough matchup in conference play for Tulane this year is Memphis, which is a home game. And Tulane beat Memphis fairly convincingly on the road in Liberty this season. So I really think Tulane's in a really good spot. 
to go to the college football playoff, play on a big stage, win championships. And I'd much rather see that than be in a power four conference where all our non-football athletes are having overnight layovers, crazy commercial travel experiences. I just don't think it would be fair on a lot of the athletes, like the swimmer and divers and maybe, you know, the baseball team even as well. Um, our basketball team flies commercial sometimes. So I just don't think it would be fair to send them all the way to California and Massachusetts and Boston for some of these random midweek matchups when they're students first. Yeah, you know, it's it's so that's a really good point. I've done a lot of grad school research on college athletic travel. It's much more difficult for even the biggest programs out there. Like Michigan and Texas have issues with this stuff. So Virginia Tech and Tulane and UTSA, all these things, like really it's an issue. And so a lot of people need to think about that, like the well-beings of the athletes. Like, is your football team even gonna play well if they have to fly? to Boston and then fly back to New Orleans. And then the next week they road trip to San Antonio. Like that's your football team's probably not going to play very well there. So it's something to think about. I think Tulane definitely has a spot. I think there's LSU kind of has this thing where they're like, Oh, we're the only big time program in Louisiana. But at the same time, there's so much talent in that state that not all of those kids can go to LSU, not all those kids can go to Mississippi State and Texas, Texas A&M, all that. So if you can become one of the winning programs in Southern Louisiana, you just you, you can draw an hour radius outside of New Orleans and there's your football team. So Tulane, I think, definitely has a, a distinct recruiting advantage. I think they have a brand advantage and also recruiting to New Orleans is um, pretty, pretty easy, I'm going to guess. Uh, Dejon Summerall higher, home run higher. He is, uh, he's going to let you know how he feels. How has that been kind of taken in? There's been some things where a lot of the coaches that are going to follow Willie Fritz to Houston are, are no longer with the program, which makes sense when you accept another job. You, you, I mean, these people have to like move their family. They have to start recruiting. They have to start getting to know their players. So like, that's normal, but He's been very adamant about his intentions at Tulane, uh, going as far to say that he's going to win a national championship at Tulane. How do we feel about Summerall so far? Not the football coach and then Summerall, the personality. Yeah, we <clears throat> we couldn't be more excited about how his tenure at Tulane has started. You know, he used to be defensive coordinator at Tulane, so people kind of knew who he was. But that first interview, that first press conference, he absolutely hit it out of the park especially with everything that's been going on with our staff and Willie Fritz. And, you know, we thought, and I think a lot of us do still think the world of Willie Fritz and what he was able to do for this program and for the city, but the way he left wasn't extremely graceful. You know, he never released a great big statement like uh, Summerall has done and just everything that Summerall has done throughout this entire process has been extremely impressive and for the week that we were doom and gloom, it's pretty much all been made up by his actions and his words. And we can be more excited about the future for Tulane football. I mean, I think the consensus feeling after his introductory press conference was like the desire to just like sprint through the thickest brick wall you could find. Um, everyone was just so fired up about it. I mean, he said exactly what we want to hear. He guaranteed a national championship in his first interview, which... To be honest, is probably not realistic. 
But at the same time, like Isaac, you said it, we'd be in the playoff last year. We were maybe one distraction away from a playoff game this year. Who's to stop us from getting to one next year? So you can see how like it's not as gigantic of a step as it might seem to someone looking in from the outside. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think he he also coined the phrase like recruit the boot. That's like something he said he wants to get kids That's to stay in Louisiana. Yeah. That's and he also said, what was it? If uh if you're juiceless, you're useless. And this city's got a lot of juice. Like, okay. Where, because that's the most like football coach, like he, you know, he was like sitting around his house for hours thinking of something and it finally hit <laughs> him. Uh, is the juice thing gonna, gonna catch on? Do we see some t shirts in the making there? Oh, yeah, we we'll, we'll be sure it catches on. <laughs> okay. okay. No, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, I love some good coach speech. Brent Pry is, you know, he's a very um, stereotypical, I would say, like Appalachia guy where he's he like for the first like four weeks on the job, he wore the same brown leather jacket that he just never washed. It was it, it was very clear that he was wearing the same outfit over and over again when he was flying to see recruits. And he's got the little accent. He likes Almond Brothers and like it's a bit of a shtick, but it works and it gives them some personality. So don't, don't hate on the personality. Summerall was super quotable, really, really hard not to love him. Yeah. Willie. My biggest takeaway was I've never heard brick wall so many times in one day in my entire life. I feel like Mm -hmm. everybody was saying the same thing about the press conference. hundred percent approval rating at the lowest right now for John Summerall. I really liked how he thanked everyone at Troy talked about, um, how he's really grateful for what he had at Troy over there. Spent a couple minutes on every single family member. So that probably took at least five minutes just to thank his family members, thank Troy after that. And then eventually, after thanking the staff there, the student-athletes at Troy and the Troy fans, finally got into Tulane. Of course, people loved what he had to say. Very values-oriented guy. Talked about his core values, love especially, calling it an app out of feeling it's a sacrifice and my favorite quote was probably Lane will not beat Tulane let's know that he's going to coach students student athletes that are going to make sure they don't lose themselves and they can go beat every team because they're capable they're going to be capable of it at least their conference play Will be exciting to watch next year and in the few years I definitely think he's he's the kind of coach that can elevate a program. So very interested to see how that goes. I'm rooting for Tulane. I, uh, I'm a big Tulane guy. It was a big Tulane better last year. It worked <laughs> out pretty well. So let's talk about this bowl game here, the Military Bowl in Annapolis, Maryland on December 27th at 2 p.m. No one has anything to do on a Wednesday at 2, right? So uh, <laughs> should be down for some good football. <laughs> let's Let's just, the elephant in the room with this game is like Tulane University will put a football team on the field. I just don't know if we're sure what that team looks like. Obviously, there have been transfers, there have been opt-outs, there have been coaching changes. If you can, just summarize that for me, and what should we expect to see from Tulane? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, you don't have about like half of our coaches. Um, They've already left for Houston after tampering with our our current um, locker room and getting guys to go into the portal. Uh, Speaking of, 
we're probably down our top receiver, top two edge rushers, a uh, few safeties, um, our starting tight end, all in the portal currently. That's not to say they won't come back. I mean, I think the general feeling is once Summerall got onto campus and got the guys who were trying to get them, trying to get all these players to go to Houston, once they got off campus, uh, things have like stabilized a little bit. Um, we don't know who's going to play quarterback. Michael Pratt hasn't said any anything otherwise, so I would expect. I honestly don't know. I, I feel like if I was Michael Pratt and I was trying to improve my draft stock, I wouldn't want to put myself in a position where you're out there playing with guys you've not played with all year long. Um, that's a really good point. That's Yeah, but I don't know. He's the type of guy that's going to play no matter what if he's capable Um so we'll see from the quarterback position. And, and Slade Nagel will coach the bowl game. He's our offense coordinator this year. Kind of controversial amongst Tulane fans because our offense was a little bit lagging behind our defense. And especially compared to last year, it was way worse. Um, so, yeah, Isaac, Reed, y'all have anything to add? Yeah. So Michael is the type of guy that always wants to play through injuries. He's probably played through a lot of injuries throughout this entire season. Quite honestly, he came back pretty quickly after a bad injury in our season opener. But I don't think it's going to be him on the 27th. He has not been in any of the social media promotions or any of the graphics advertising the military bowl against you guys. He's had, he's already agreed to play in the senior bowl in Mobile in the spring semester. And he also will most likely declare for the draft very soon. I think he just doesn't want to rush the decision if I had to make an educated guess. And wants to make sure he's in in the facility with his guys, supporting them through the military bowl, even if he is going to end up declaring for the draft and not play. Kai Horton's in the portal. That was our third-string quarterback who ended up coming for for Michael and ended up starting against Ole Miss. He did an okay job, but he's in the portal now. He's really our third string because Justin Ibieta went healthy as our backup. And Ibieta, I'm told, is healthy now. So – I think Tulane fans should be excited about Ibietta, and I think he's going to give Virginia Tech a better test than you would probably expect for a guy people haven't really heard of. Tulane's well, out. Yeah. I'll tell you, there would be nothing more Virginia Tech than getting carved up by a backup quarterback. That <laughs> is, if Virginia Tech can do anything, it's get carved up by a backup quarterback. Yeah. It's uh, Reed, do you have any, any insight in these guys? I mean, we know it's – it's tough, right? It's a tough spot for the players. It's a tough spot for some of the coaches. Um, it's unfortunate that the college football calendar works how it does. Yeah, I think Jack hit most of the major positions that are of worry. Basically, if a player has declared for the uh, transfer portal, they won't be playing. There are a few guys who said they're coming back for next year, so I fully expect them to play. Guys like uh, Louisiana Tech transfer Tyler Grubbs, who's really stepped up for us. I think we got two offensive linemen who said they're going to be coming back. Outside of that it's uh it's december 13th now i think in the next two weeks a lot could still change for tulane even though some rules already there but um it's looking like we're going to be missing a solid amount of players i still expect uh tulane to put up a good fight though i think the guys that are going to like declare for the draft or like are kind of like fringe nfl prospects will definitely play like i think sincere hainsworth our stud center will play both of our starting um all conference corners jarius monroe and lance robinson will play they both announced that on Twitter already. Um, and same with uh, Cam Pettisglo, who's a phenomenal, phenomenal transfer from um, from um, ULL. ULL, yeah. Louisiana Lafayette. 
Um, and I think our, our probably starting five on the offensive line should play. But other than that, I think uh, it's anyone's guess. <laughs> yeah, it'll be. I mean, Virginia Tech in, you know, after uh, Justin Fuente was fired in the last few weeks of the season, they played in the pinstripe bowl against Maryland. And I, I would say probably a third of the team didn't play pretty much every starter on offense and probably half the stars on defense did not play in that game. Uh, we had a tight end at quarterback, uh, no starting wide receivers. We had walk-ons playing safety. Um, it, it was to the point where there were serious conversations about player safety. Yeah. As we had guys who were, I don't know, like 5'10", 150, trying to tackle Maryland's players. So <laughs> it, we didn't have coaching staff. We're playing at a baseball stadium. Like none of it worked. So I don't think it'll be that bad for Tulane, but tech fans have been there and it's not fun at all. It, it's tough. I think a lot of fans for Tulane did think we would be there. Yeah. But I don't really see why we would be. We're at 11 players in the portal portal right now. Eight players have already confirmed seven of which the NIL deals not including Tyler Grubbs, who might be a captain next season, are coming back. So 11 in the portal, eight coming back next season. And then as Jack said, you know, three of our best defensive players and best players on this team have announced they're coming to play this bowl game. And I don't see why Sincere Hainsworth wouldn't our NFL draft pick center. I think um, for a program that what you could describe the last week as utter chaos, I think we're pretty stable for being in a week of utter chaos. All so things that, considered, yeah, doing pretty good. Yeah. However, <laughs> just the fact of the matter is our coach and half of our coaching staff left, left in the past few days. So uh, we don't necessarily know who's going who's gonna to play coach. I heard that some former coaches might come in and step up, like guys who haven't been around the program all season long, but have, are, like, are like generally associated with <laughs> Tulane might play. I was hoping that Tajay Spears would take a day off from the Texans or for the Titans, excuse me, and be our running back coach. But I don't know if that's possible. Uh, <laughs> might so, be a little busy. Yeah, you might be a little busy. But it is a Wednesday at 2 p.m., like <laughs> you said. Hey, guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Yeah, so I, I guess before I ask for like game prediction and stuff as we wrap up, um, how important is the result of this bowl game to Tulane? Because I feel like for a lot of teams in multiple situations, the results of the bowl game just really doesn't matter. Like I'll say from a Virginia tech standpoint, one, I'm, we, we got back to a bowl game. We look good. I would be totally happy if tech played, you know, backups for half the game. I, I would not care. What is the, is Tulane fans? Are they saying like, Oh, we need to win this game. We need to, are they just like moving forward? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the consensus for the fan base is necessarily. However, as a G5 program, like you kind of have that chip on your shoulder whenever you play a power five, like we could get this scalp right now. Like I know Tulane's 11 and two and Virginia Tech is six and six. 
and if there wasn't as much adversity and I would don't think the spread would be, you know, at what it is right now. So, um, I think that if, if you're like the, I know within the green wave program, they want to win and they want to win really badly to set the tone for next year. Fans. I don't know if they're going to care. I think a lot of people were disappointed. They couldn't book their trip to Arizona for the Fiesta bowl. Um, but we'll see. I, I think if they do win, it'll be, it will be exciting for the fan base for sure. I agree with Jack. I, I think that the players want to win and coaches as well, a lot more than the fans. It is a tryout for this staff. Everybody who is still here now and didn't follow Willie Fritz already is try. They have a couple week tryout. The game is a one day tryout. Yes, but they're really in like a three week tryout right now because John Summerall said he's going to evaluate everybody. He'll give everybody a chance to interview if they want. So this is a huge opportunity for every single coach, whether they're an analyst, coordinator, position coach, to really showcase to John Summerall, who's now here, now watching everything at practice, will be there as a fan at the game, what they're really made of. And then from a fan perspective, I think I think people are looking forward to this game. I think a lot of the casual fans might not really care what happens, but the true Green Wave fans know how much this means to the legacy. Only one season before this year. They did it last year. They could do it again, having a two-win season put into two 12-win seasons in the following two years. Green Wave fans would remember that the rest of their lives. So really want to cement this season, especially because Tulane didn't really have a too tough of a schedule. They played Memphis, UTSA, SMU and Ole Miss, four opponents that were more than a game above 500, really. So I think um, this is a real test in a good Virginia Tech team, a team that is much better, I'm sure you know, but most Tulane fans don't know, that is much better than their record shows. And it's I, I also want to add that Tulane is 23-4 and four over the last two seasons, which is tied for third in the entire country behind only, what is it, Georgia, Michigan, and Washington, I think. So yeah. – we want to stay in that tier, right? We don't yeah. want to slip up. We want to we want to keep being able to say we're X and X in the last three seasons. So, yeah, I mean, if this the the way that I, I've talked about this, and I think Virginia Tech fans have mostly thought about this, is if this game is played on November twelfth, um, yeah. I'd probably pick Tulane. Uh, I think Tulane probably at full strength is probably a better, more complete team. Michael Pratt has been awesome to watch. Um, the defense has gotten a lot better this year and played really well. However, bowl games are weird, and Virginia Tech has every single guy coming back and playing in this bowl game. There have been zero bowl opt-outs, and we just got word that every single receiver is coming back for next year. Dorian Strong's probably coming back for next year. Basial Tune will find out. Um, it's just the, the programs are just in different places, and that's why Virginia Tech is seven and a half point favorites, and that's why the line has moved four points in Virginia Tech's favor. Like Tulane in 2023 is probably a better football team than Virginia Tech, but that doesn't mean yeah. Tulane will beat Tech on the 27th. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't I have no idea who's going to call a defensive play. I don't even know if anyone <laughs> building knows what the defensive plays are on the, <laughs> on the coaching staff. So we'll, we'll have like a sheet. Uh, yeah. There. Run this engage eight over and over again. <laughs> it might work. <laughs> you never know. Well, I will get real quick as we wrap up predictions for this game. 
Uh, Reed, we'll start with you. Prediction for the military bowl. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think Tulane has a lot to prove. They need to show a lot of resiliency. I think on a talent level, Tulane will be lacking. Uh, do you want a score prediction? Yeah, yeah. And you can be a homer. That's totally okay. I don't think I've had anybody pick Tech this <laughs> year on this show, That's which is totally fine. Okay. Well, I'm, I have to be honest. I don't think Tulane's going to win. I think Virginia Tech can cover the spread. 27 to 19 Virginia Tech. Uh, as long as Tulane plays hard and they're competitive, I'll be happy with, uh, with our performance. All right, Jack. Your pick. Yeah, let's see. I think um, I think Slade Nagel scripts up a nice drive to start the game. Justin Ibietta leads the boys down for a touchdown. Defense plays hard early on. It's a close game. Um, but I think uh, maybe we shoot ourselves in the foot a few times due to inexperience or, or something like that. Um, and I think Virginia Tech pulls away late, honestly. So I'll go with uh, 30 to 31-21, uh, Virginia Tech. Isaac, round us out. I'll go 16-13 to Tulane. Justin wow. Ibieta leads us to a bunch of field goal drives, and <laughs> Darius Mensa scores the only touchdown of the game. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a great score. Who knows? <laughs> six-string quarterback, six quarterback at the beginning of the year. <laughs> uh I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. My theory is I think it will be uh, a decently. It depends on if Pratt plays. Like I think that's the biggest thing. If I Pratt would assume he doesn't. Yeah. Because- if Pratt doesn't play, take off orange and maroon glasses, set them to the side. The way bowl season has gone in the last few years, like it could get ugly, and that's just because that's what we've seen in bowl season. Some of these games, I think Tulane is a little better than a lot of those teams you just kind of give up. And I don't think Tulane is, is that kind of program. So I think I got the Hokies winning by 14, uh, 30, uh, 34, 20. Yeah. 34, 20. I, I could see this being a close game. I could see tech putting in some backups in the second half. Then that's not to say Virginia tech will run up the score on Tulane. I think it's more of get some young guys some time and please for the love of God, do not get Kyron drones hurt. Uh, wrap him in. Please yeah. don't Kyron drones. <laughs> I, I think if, yeah. If you want a little a little more analysis, uh, Tulane has really thrived this year when they get pressure on the quarterback. They had mm-hmm. one of the best defensive lines in college football, bar none. I'd say that. However, yeah, so the two defensive linemen left, and I was like, oh, that's nine total sacks. That's got to be yeah. like almost a third of their sacks. I'm like, oh my gosh, no. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like so, a nine, ten deep defensive line. They really rotate it. They rotate it a ton. We've got super talented players that only play like a third of the snaps, defensive snaps, just because there's so many really good guys. However, it's thin right now after after the transfer portal entries. So I think if if they slow down and they're not able to get pressure on the quarterback, even though we have gotten experienced secondary, I don't I don't know how how much we're gonna be able to hang. So I would say if. Uh, if uh, Tech gets rid of the ball quickly early on in the game and then then pushes the ball down the field later in the game when our guys are a little tired, I would say that's that's Virginia Tech's path to victory. Well, we will find out on December 27th. Regardless, if you're going to the game, stay safe. It should be fun. It's traveling over the holidays. Annapolis, some great seafood, get some crab, get some mussels. Annapolis is a really cool town if you are going to the game. Have a happy holidays, everybody. We will see you in 2024.
Thank you, guys. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. This was awesome. Thank you. Looking forward to a great game.